When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, how are you, everybody? Good afternoon. Good evening if you're on the East Coast. And how the hell are you? We got a lot to talk about today, don't we? Man, oh, man. Where do you want to start? I mean, where do you want to start? Well, how about the NCAA tournament over the weekend? Some amazing games, and everybody's talking about the uh, officiating in a lot of these games. Same old story. I mean, that that's going to happen every year. Uh, I, I would agree that some of the calls were uh, extremely alarming in very key parts of the game. All right. I mean, there were there were a lot of calls that you looked at and you go, wait a minute. Did that really happen? Uh, it's a shame that that's all people are talking about for the most part on social media. But that's where we're at in 2022. You know, it's the it's, it's the injuries, this the injuries that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't even know what else to say other than you have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. So anyway, uh, let's get it going. You know the routine. If you want to come on, all you need to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Uh, Sabonis had his MRI, and he's going to miss the upcoming road trip. All right. Uh, he's got a bruised left knee. There's no structural damage. And I would say he's done for the year. I can't imagine him playing because after they reevaluate him on April 2nd, the Kings will only have uh, four games left. So he's probably done for the year. And really, at this point, you want the Kings to lose every game. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. All right. Uh, big NFL news. Matt Ryan goes from the Falcons to the Colts. So the Colts get their quarterback. Ryan, who's been playing for a long time, obviously, uh, a veteran quarterback. And I I think the Falcons have been as disappointing as any team in the NFL year in, year out. But, uh, again, you know, Matt Ryan doesn't get a chance to start and end his career in the same town. And in return, Atlanta gets a third-round pick in this year's draft. All right? Again, when you had Marcus Mariota – who just signed with the Falcons, and he got a two-year contract. He's very familiar with Arthur Smith and his scheme when they were together with the uh, Titans. He gets a two-year deal worth uh, just over $18 million. So, you know, again, the Colts feel that they've got a guy that is going to be able to put them over the hump as long as Matt Ryan uh, is healthy. So if you want to talk about that, we can do so. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will get you right up. All right. I also want to know, did you go to 
the Arco Arena farewell on Saturday. Uh, if you were there, I would love to know what your thoughts were. How was it? Uh, anything stick out to you? Let me know. All right. I would love to know how you feel about what you saw. So if you went to the Arco Arena festivities on Saturday, uh, give me a shout. All right. Who do you like moving forward in the NCAA bracket? You got the Zags are going to be playing Arkansas. All right. One versus a four. You got Texas Tech and Duke. UNC and UCLA. Uh, Purdue will advance and they will play St. Peter's, the Cinderella story in this year's tournament after wins against Kentucky and Murray State. Uh, in the South, you got Michigan and Villanova. You got Kansas and Providence. And you got Iowa State taking on Miami, who, you know, had some real nice wins there. I mean, beating number seven USC and upsetting number two Auburn, 79 to 61. So there's somewhat of a Cinderella team as well. But, you know, Michigan, you could put in that category as a number 11. St. Peter's, though, is the true uh, Cinderella story thus far in the NCAA tournament. How are your brackets, man? Anybody out there have St. Peter's? First of all, did anybody even know where St. Peter's was before the tournament started? Had anybody even heard of St. Peter's before the tournament started? You have a 15th seed uh, in the Sweet 16. All right. And then the other, you got a number 11, uh, excuse me, number 11, Michigan. And you have a number 11, Iowa State beating number three, Wisconsin. Uh, 54 to 49. And then you got 10 Miami. So, you know, you got a lot of lower seeds that have made it all the way. I shouldn't say all the way. You win two games uh, and you get to the uh, Sweet 16. So uh, I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will get you right on. An update, as we always do with the NBA season winding down. Uh, why don't we start in the West and show you how your standings look. The Lakers are now 10th. Okay. They're now 10th in the West. They got a three-game cushion in the loss column over the Spurs. Now, if things ended up the way they are now, San Antonio, excuse me, the Lakers would play seventh-ranked Denver, and the Clippers would play the Pelicans. All right? So right now you have Denver at seven at 42-30, and 30, tied with Minnesota, who's won four in a row. You got the Clippers at 36 and 37 and eighth. New Orleans at 30 and 41. The Lakers at 30 and 41. All right. Now, if you're looking at the ping pong balls, if you're looking at Sacramento, they have 48 losses. Houston and Oklahoma City are behind them with 54 and 51, respectively. All right. In the East, Orlando and Detroit with 53 and 52 losses, respectively, in all likelihood could change. The Kings will be fifth or sixth. All right. Fifth, if they finish worse than Indiana, those two teams play coming up in the state of Indianapolis or in the state of Indiana, in the city of Indianapolis. That's the start of a five-game road trip for Sacramento. Now, when you look at this road trip, if you had Sabonis, you would say to yourself, oh, the Kings are going to win some games on this trip, right? I mean, 
Wouldn't you look at it that way? I would look at it that way. That road trip begins Wednesday in Indiana. All right? So Wednesday in Indiana, five-game road trip. And you go to Indiana. You go to Orlando, Miami, two games in Houston. So we'll see. We'll see how the Kings are going to coach these uh, final games with uh, the season winding down. All right, so I gave you the bottom half of the bracket uh, in the West. When you look at the top half, Phoenix is the number one seed. The question is, who's going to be two? Is it going to be Memphis with 23 losses, 49 and 23? They have a game and a half lead over third place Golden State. Utah fourth, Dallas fifth, Minnesota sixth. In the East, Miami's got a three-game lead on the Bucs. They're going to be the number one seed in all likelihood. The Bucks and Sixers have 27 losses and are battling for the second seed. You have Boston fourth. Chicago is in a big slide. They are fifth. They have lost eight of ten. Cleveland is in sixth, Toronto seventh, and Brooklyn eighth. Now, to me, if Brooklyn ends up seven or eight, you you really – that's the one team you do not want to see, in my opinion, in the first round of the playoffs. Now, in all, you know, to me, I think Brooklyn's going to end up seventh because I think they would beat the – team that's ninth and then beat the team that's seventh in the play-in tournament. So I could see Brooklyn being seven, which would put them in a first-round matchup against Milwaukee. But how the hell good would that be, right? A two versus seven. And Miami could luck out here if that's a scenario because they would be able to walk into the second round, in my opinion, and then play the winner of 4-5, or five, which would be Boston and Chicago. And right now, I don't, I, Chicago's playing terribly. They've lost three in a row, and as I said, uh, eight of ten. All right, so I want to hear from you. All right, what do you want to talk about on this wild, wild Monday after a busy weekend? By the way, Phil Mickelson is out at the Masters, and that's the only way it should have been. There's no way Phil should be playing at the Masters after a statement and everything else. So the Masters, which, again, is right around the corner, is out, all right? He's going to miss the Masters, marking the first time since 1994 that he will not compete there. It would have been his 30th Masters start. I mean, I, I don't know how he could have played in the Masters. He's lost all of his sponsors, right? Uh, I, I don't understand how he could possibly play. You know, in his statement that he made um, originally, you know, you, you knew there was a big problem right there. All right? There's no question. But he did say it was reckless. I offended people, and I am deeply sorry for my choice of words. I'm beyond disappointed it will make every effort to self-reflect and learn from this. Time will tell. Time will tell. 
I don't know if he's, I don't, I, I don't know how he's ever going to get sponsors back. Not that you have to feel sorry for him. I'm sure he's got a ton of money. All right, Al, how are you today? Al, you'll start us off. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I'm starting her off, Nate. Great. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I went and listened to the podcast of Mr. Lukenbill, and wow, I'm just boggled that it, it, he was so close to getting the Raiders yep. moved to move to Sacramento and that Ben Venuti, you know, it, it, let me help me out here on that. I was a little, lost, I got a little lost. Was it Ben Venuti wanted 51% or he demanded yes. controlling interest? Yeah. He said the biggest mistake of his life was giving up 1%. He said if it, he had had one more percent, the Raiders would have been in Sacramento. That's correct. I always thought that, uh, you know, the A's could move up here because, you know, they can't get anything done in Oakland. And I always thought I had my friends tell me I'm crazy, but I, I would I think the, the A's and at that point, the Rivercats were their farm team, but now they're the Giants. But I always thought Sacramento would definitely would support the A's and they, that Rivercats. You know, what do you they think? Would. They, the, the Sacramento fans would have supported DAs, but there's not enough corporate dollars in Sacramento, in my opinion, to make baseball profitable. Uh, there wouldn't be enough money for the naming rights on the arena. There wouldn't be enough money for companies with luxury boxes. In my opinion, baseball would never work in Sacramento because there's not enough corporate dollars. Um, you would have a very small radio contract, a very small TV deal, relatively speaking. And I don't think baseball would ever make it in Sacramento. Personally, I think attendance would not be a problem. Your problem would be your amount of revenue from your local radio and local TV deals, suite revenue, naming rights, all of that. I think that would be a real problem. I don't think it could work. And then on top of that, Al, you'd have to have someone build this state-of-the-art stadium, which also, you know, where are you going to get that money from? You know, Nate, and, you know, Mr. Lukenbill just spoke to what's kind of been a head shaker for me, the revenue sharing. I mean, the NFL gets it right. He said, you know, you were talking to him, like, wait, but yep. the NFL, because, you know, Nate, he said, Nate, the, the NFL revenue shares. I mean, the, every team gets that chunk of the TV pie. And, you know, that's where baseball is just screwed up, in my opinion. I mean, that's right. There's no the big difference is in football, you only play once a week. It's a huge, it's a huge different dynamic. That's why a team like green Bay, you know, can be in the NFL. Whereas, you know, green Bay could never have been in any other sport because of the TV revenue sharing, but it's also a very unique sport because you only play one game a week. Yeah. Uh, and so I just think, I wish that the base, if baseball had revenue sharing and, and a salary cap instead of a luxury tax, which these owners, they laugh at the luxury tax. They're, they're going to pay for it because that's where the rich get richer. I mean, look at the Dodgers. They just signed Freddie Freeman. You know? Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know. It's crazy. I didn't realize the, though, the revenue sharing was the big stump made it so much doable for the football process for Luke and Bill. And then, you know, I it was an interesting uh, – podcast i went and looked up his history he was a uh, really 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 close with that stadium and so unfortunate and boy when i think about his passion on your on your webcast was just amazing he sounds like he's in his 30s instead of in his 60s and i didn't realize he was so young when he's he always was, had He's always had an amazing amount of energy. I mean, everything I, I've always, I used to kid him. I go, do you ever sleep? And, you know, because I'd see him everywhere at all times. And, 
uh, Greg's energy is second to none. I mean, the guy has had a drive and a desire and a work ethic uh, like I've never seen before. Seriously. And he has a love for Sacramento. So I, I, I just wish it could have happened. But it was a great podcast. And uh, I just also want to say I, I don't. Hey, I asked you a super draft pro. I was looking for the for the March Madness. Is the, is the site not covering the tournament? Yeah, it's well, you know, one thing about March Madness is they are very strict uh, because it's college about their you know what? I'm going to call you when I get off, when I get done today or tomorrow. I'm going to call you and talk about all of this, right? And I'll give you some tips, all right? How's that sound instead of doing it yeah, on the air? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want right. to t- okay. tie up yep. the fan. Then lastly, I yep. just want to say condolences to John Clayton's passing. You know, I just, you know, there's so many people out there that have to have to have some kind of stick, like boom, whap, or something. But Mr. Clayton was just to me, I don't know if you ever met him in your. Well, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Not only did I meet John, I worked with John, and John, um, I considered a friend. I met John in 1998. Uh, ESPN Radio asked me to fill in uh, in Bristol, Connecticut one weekend. And so I flew out there on a red eye Friday night and did this uh, game night from 7 to 1 in the morning on Saturday. And my first show that I did was with Tony Bruno. And my second show uh, I did with uh, Joe D'Ambrosio. And a guy by the name of Chuck Wilson. And then I got back to California from Connecticut on Monday. And on Tuesday, they called me again and said, hey, would you like to come back this weekend? And this was during the NBA lockout in 98, 99. And I was flying to Bristol, Connecticut three weekends every month to co-host ESPN Game Night Radio. And John was there every single weekend particularly on Sundays, we would all sit around and watch the NFL together and talk about the NFL. And then John and Tony Bruno had a nice ritual at the end of Saturday show. You know, we would get a case of beer and we'd go over to the hotel that we were all staying at and have a couple of pops. And John would always be with us. And I got to know John very well. Uh, We used to sit around at ESPN and watch all the games together. So, you know, I got to know John very, very well. And then whenever I needed John to come on my radio show, he always said yes. So, you know, John would be a fairly frequent guest on my radio show and love John. He was great to be with, uh, didn't have an ego, was funny. His knowledge of the NFL was second yeah. to none. And uh, yeah, so I actually worked with John, did some shows with John, did actual some game night shows hosting with John. And so, yeah, I've known I knew John for over 20 years. That's that's amazing. I, I I can't say I'm surprised. I should I should have known. And your with your travels and the fact you always spoke to your breaking into the, your your big breaks and with Tony Bruno, yep. you spoke into your career. And I just appreciate a guy here. You know, you get to all these like they shove it down your throat or Stephen A. Yep. Smith nonsense or something. I just love a man who's like that. Who's just professional, knowledgeable, doesn't have to have a clown act. So rest in peace, and I'm sorry yep. for the loss to your friend and colleague. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Al. Appreciate that. Yeah, John okay. was, um, you know, I, Sean Salisbury and I, who do the No Filter show, and Sean was very, very close uh, to John. I texted Sean over the weekend and let him know I was thinking about him, and he said, I'm devastated. You know, he said, I'm heartbroken and I'm devastated. 
to me. And, you know, Sean and John had one of the most popular segments ever in the history of ESPN Sports Center called Four Downs. And they were great. All right. They were they were fabulous together. They were absolutely fabulous together. And uh, I, I know Sean is really is really shook up over the news of John Clayton. So, you know, I didn't know John as well as Sean did, obviously. But, I mean, I just thought being in John's presence was great because, I mean, his knowledge of the NFL, he actually, I learned some things being around John. You know, that's, that's how John was. And um, that experience that I had back in that era working at ESPN Radio for three we- three weekends out of a month, they offered me a job uh, when the lockout was over, excuse me, when the NBA season was over. And my wife said, you're not doing that anymore. You know, we had two small kids. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, I, I, I understand. I mean, I was working Monday through Friday. I was taking the red eye on Friday night through Chicago. I was getting into Hartford, Connecticut at, you know, seven in the morning, eight in the morning, seven in the morning, getting to the hotel, hopefully around 7.45 to 8, sleep for four hours, go across to ESPN Radio, watch all the games, 7 to 1 Saturday, 7 to 1 in the morning Sunday, 7 a.m. flight from Hartford to San Francisco nonstop, then then San Francisco to Sacramento on a little commuter jet. All right, come home, take a quick nap, go to work, work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on my show, get off at seven. So, you know, I understand my wife. I, I, I get that back then. I, I understand that. I would have done it, by the way. You know, I would have done it because I was like, I mean, being at the ESPN headquarters back then, I mean, we used to have Chris Berman. He'd pop in on the shows on Sunday. Chris Mortensen was on with us every Sunday. Tom Jackson would come on with us. I mean, and they could get anyone on back then. I mean, I remember getting Earl Weaver, you know, Literally, what happened was you would have two or three hosting the show, a lot of times two, and they would call. They'd go, Grant, we need you in this other room. And if it was a Saturday and let's say, you know, USC had just beat Notre Dame and they would have the quarterback of USC on and they go, Grant, we need you to interview him. And literally, you would be handed some stats of the game and you do an interview. And then during the next break, you would come back on and go, well, USC today, they beat uh, UCLA 34-21. to 21, And uh, just a couple moments ago, I had a chance to speak to so-and-so from USC, and they'd run the interview. And on Saturdays, we were doing that all the time. And then sometimes you would get somebody on live. Like, I can't remember what the – I, I want to say it had to do with uh, Cal Ripken or something. I can't remember. I, I, I Forgive me. I can't remember what we were talking about. But – Earl joined us live, and I mean, you get all kinds of interviews. I mean, because back then, ESPN Radio was the number one, you know, for for sports radio. I mean, and their name and their brand, your producer could get anyone on the radio from pretty much any game that was just played. And we did, and we had a six-hour show, Saturday and Sunday, and then that year, the Yankees played the Padres in the World Series, and Dennis Eckersley was in Bristol as their quote-unquote World Series expert. And 
you know, me being a huge Yankee fan, on the on Sunday, Eck and I would watch the World Series together. We'd be in the room watching the World Series together, and I loved Dennis Eckersley. And then we would do a show together. Eck and I would be doing it game night, you know, after the game was over. And, I mean, he was a – watching the World Series with Dennis Eckersley was unbelievable. Like, I really was. It was, it was, it was incredible to me. Eck was a phenomenal guy and used to love it. I mean, seriously, absolutely love it. He would be breaking down the game for me. We'd be talking about, you know, the, the calls and the, what, what's going to happen here, what he would do if he were pitching. I mean, it was like I could not believe I was watching the World Series and working with Dennis Eckersley during that time. So, I mean, ESPN had it all. I mean, I'd be watching the NFL games on Sunday with John Clayton and Mike Golick. And Mort and those guys watched the games in their own studio on the TV side of ESPN. But for ESPN radio, we all watched the games together. I mean, Clayton and Golick, they were a blast listening to them watch NFL football. Oh, those were some good times. I mean, that, that's why I wanted to keep on doing it. I was like, man, that, and again, they did offer me a job, but it wasn't what I wanted to do because it did not include uh, play-by-play. So, I, I, and again, I, I understand. I had two small boys, and in all fairness, you know what? I did the right thing. I did the right thing. I mean, I don't know what would have happened if I had continued doing game night. Do I think that I could have been on a higher level at ESPN? Maybe. Maybe, but, you know, I made the decision. I live with the decision and I was extremely happy doing the Kings games and the Kings, little did I know, were going to become the darlings of the NBA. Can you imagine if I had left the Kings after 98, 99, the lockout when the Kings made the playoffs for the first year against the Jazz and missed the next run of the five really, really good years? That would have just been my luck. So there's no way I was giving that up. No way I was giving that up. All right. Hey, if you want to come on, uh, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. All right. Raise your hand. We got a lot to talk about and still a lot of NFL news and other big news coming on uh, as well. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls. We go from Al to Jeff. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you today? Great, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. What's up? Well, I just want to throw some something crazy out at you as usual. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy G's uh, options are looking pretty weak now that Ryan's gone. You know, got, he's going to the Colts. Yeah, to the Colts. Yep. And then, uh, so uh, this is the crazy thing. Don't laugh or hang up on me. But what do you think of the 49ers bringing in Baker Mayfield and maybe then trading Jimmy G or just releasing him? All right. Well, if you bring in Baker Mayfield, what are you going to have to pay him? Yeah, I, 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 he's not under a big contract. Well, okay, so you're going to have Baker Mayfield and you're going to have your now your second-year quarterback battling out for the starting position? Well, I mean, Baker did better. He won the Heisman running a, a sprint, a sprint uh, option uh, offense. And I think that's more or less what uh, Lance is going to do. And 
it would, he could be a backup. A good, I mean, what? Look what Montana. How long do you think? Ba- how long do you think Baker Mayfield would last injury-wise, playing that style of football, based on what we saw this past year and his injuries and everything else? Do you think Baker Mayfield would be able to make it past September playing that style of football? In other words, based on what you described, do you think Baker Mayfield would be on the field for long? No, that's why I said that he he would make a good backup. And, and you know why he's not under not under a huge contract he was, and then if he got to play it would benefit him so he can go resign with another team the following year or the 49ers could trade him yeah i don't see that happening i know and you know listen i don't think anything's crazy right now because it's a scenario where the 49ers thought that garoppolo would be on another team by now his right. salary for next year is supposed to be uh just under 19 million just under 19 million and the cap hit is the same as well so just be under 19 million okay one other thing for you uh this watson thing uh you know the more i think about it i mean you me joe blow down the street anybody you know if they went to go interview for a job and they were accused of 22 you know sexual allegations and stuff they wouldn't even talk you wouldn't even you wouldn't even enter the building i exactly right well and what what do you think these women's groups the now movement and where are they all now i mean are they gonna i will be i'm gonna be spending my podcast i'm gonna be talking about this on my podcast tomorrow so why don't we address this on the show tomorrow after people have a chance to listen to my podcast okay okay? i'm sorry i'm ahead of i'm ahead no no you don't have to be sorry. I'm just letting people know right. that's what I'm discussing on my podcast uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that maybe you can go back and look at, uh, I watched, I have to get up early every morning because we have the dog rescue, but so I watched first take and Molly was, oh man, she was almost in tears about this subject and how it, it, it you know, as a woman, you know, and uh, how it affected her and, to, and everything. Maybe you can go back and maybe put that at youtube well that that would make me that that would then force me to watch something on espn and i i'm so disgusted by espn that unless it's a live sporting event i stay away from it as a matter of fact i'm going to talk about something next uh, regarding espn but we'll talk about it tomorrow how's that sound thank you grant jeff have a good one thank you Bye. all right so i'm sure everybody's heard this you know, NCAA basketball, the women's tournament on ESPN, and Courtney Lyle and Carolyn Peck, okay, during Friday's coverage live of the NCAA tournament, they are protesting Florida's bill called Don't Say Gay Bill, all right? And... Lyle said before the start of the second half, quote, there are things bigger than basketball that need to be addressed at this time. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, the players and coaches in this community are hurting right now. About eight minutes ago, our LBGBTQIA plus asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support and opposition to the parental rights and education bill in the state of Florida. A threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. So ESPN, the announcers, decide that they are going to take it upon themselves to be political 
in the middle of a sporting event. And what's happening is ESPN is losing audience by the numbers, myself included, because I will not, I, I will not deal with that when I'm watching live sports. That's not what I'm watching games for. Okay. If ESPN and their parent company, Disney, which is having a protest tomorrow, feel strongly about the don't say gay bill, I have a solution, not a solution. I have a suggestion for them. Put your money where your mouth is. Okay. Don't broadcast any sport in the state of Florida. Okay. If you're really that serious about Florida's don't say gay bill, then go ahead and boycott broadcasting any live sporting event from the state of Florida. Then I'll know you're serious, okay, about the company's support in opposition to the parental rights in the education bill in the state of Florida, okay? Then I'll know you're serious. Then I'll know you're serious. If you're not familiar with the Don't Say Gay bill, it is attempting to ban classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity in grades kindergarten through third grade. All right. Now, the critics of this bill, all right, which also bans the classroom instruction, quote, in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. Again, in response to the legislation, Disney employees are scheduling walkouts to protest the bill this week. Now, this, to me, does not belong in the middle of a sporting event on ESPN. ESPN is going to now pick and choose what their announcers are going to support and what they're not going to support. Really? So now when I turn on a live sporting event on ESPN, I have to have a protest over a Florida legislation and the don't say gay bill, you know, no, absolutely not personally. Okay. Just for the record, I agree with the bill. All right. I would not want my son or daughter. Okay. Being quote unquote educated in the, age of kindergarten, first or second grade on sexual orientation. That's just me. That's my opinion. And it has nothing to do with how I feel about the LGBTQIA community. As a matter of fact, as I've always said, and I've preached on my podcast and on my rants, I think it's up to each and every one of us to get educated. One of my best friends has a daughter who just turned 18 who for the last two years has been adamant about being a boy. And I've talked to both him and his wife about everything over the last several years with her wanting to make transition from a girl to a boy. I also have talked a lot, not a lot. I've talked a little about the transgender swimmer and Leah Thomas, who He's been in the news almost every day, the swimmer from Penn and the amount of outrage that that has caused. All right. So when I mean outrage, I'm talking about how many current swimmers 
are also against Leah Thomas swimming with the women swimmers. As a matter of fact, there was a big story over this weekend about a competitor saying it is wrong and the NCAA needs to amend their rules. But again, I talk about being educated. I have a individual who I noticed follows me on social media. She's transgender. I sent her a direct message and I said, hey, you know, I've seen your interaction on social media. I would really like to talk to you. I would really like to learn more about transgenders and I would like to know how you feel about Leah Thomas. She got back to me and we spoke for about a half hour and we still text occasionally and it was a great conversation. And we talked about when she made the transition, you know, what it was like growing up, you know, so I, I'm not just blowing this off as like, gee, oh, no, no, I'm educating myself. OK, I made the effort to talk to a transgender adult about these topics. But personally, I don't believe that should be part of the curriculum for children of that age. I'm against that. And if my son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter, which I don't have currently, was in that situation, I would not want them. I would not want them in a class where that is being discussed. I think they're too young. That's me. That's my opinion. Okay. And it has nothing to do with how I feel about the quote unquote gay community has nothing to do with it. All right. Let's get to some more phone calls right here on listen app with Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm fine, Grant. How are you doing today? Good. Hey, uh, uh, about the uh, King's uh, ceremony uh, they have yep. for, um, for Saturday, um, there was one thing that um, I, um, actually, fortunately I could not make it, but the Rick Ranadive, uh, from I saw on the news clippings, uh, he, he got up there and he says, one last time, this is your team, they're here to stay. So he looked very uncomfortable, uh, big time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, switch therapist anytime for no additional charge get it off your chest with better help visit betterhelp.com slash grant today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help h-e-l-p.com slash grant 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He should be uncomfortable because the fans want him to sell the team and they want him out of town. So if I were Vivek Ranadive, I'd be very uncomfortable too because if you took a poll of Sacramento Kings fans and members of the media, uh, it would be overwhelming in the high 90s uh, to have him sell the team and leave town. So uh, I can understand him being uncomfortable. Even Marcos Breton of the Sacramento Bee put out a tweet last week uh, basically saying the same thing. And it was, uh, please sell the team and leave town. That's Marcos Breton of the, 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 the leading columnist of the Sacramento Bee saying that on social media about Vivek Ranadive. So, it, you know, he, he should look uncomfortable. He should be uncomfortable. Okay. And uh, I, I get it. I get it. I would be uncomfortable too if I were him. And Grant, I don't know if it was Good Day Sacramento or Channel 13, but they were showing a bunch of old clippings, and uh, yeah. you were on those too. Uh, you were talking about the arena and you know things like that, which I thought was pretty cool. So, well, Channel 13 and uh, the other news uh, outlets are not controlled by the Sacramento Kings, and they can put whatever they want. So I'm happy to hear that. That makes me feel good. I had not heard that before, so I appreciate you letting me know that. All right, sir. Well, you have a good show, Grant. Hey, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, Marcus Breton, uh, you know, he's written a few columns on this. Uh, he has been spot on, and he is not afraid to put out tweets and write stories uh, criticizing. All right? I think he's been very fair, and he is... Uh, here it is. This is March 8th. Dear Vivek, please buy Chelsea Football Club. Please sell your stake in the Sacramento Kings. Please move to London. Please never come back to Sacramento. Sincerely, Sacramento. That was on March 8th. And you know what? He's Marcos is 100% correct. That's exactly what the majority of fans want. Waggis, we'll get to you next here on Listen Up on this uh, Monday. We got a lot to talk about. Waggis, how are you, sir? Good, good. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up? No, I just wanted to comment, you know, as obviously a Kings fan, you know, for all those years, um, you know, Vivek did help save this team. So as a fan, I do kind of have some loyalty to him because he did help, you know. Yes, he did. And I've made that comment as well, and I'm glad you did. He should. He will always be remembered for coming in on his white horse when this community needed him the most. So absolutely. And he should be commended for that uh, because he came to the city in a time of need. So, yes, you're 100% correct. Yeah, because I can never get that image off my head of you and Jerry. Uh, you remember what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, 2014. Yeah, so, so from that – you know, he did say that, but I wanted to get your opinion. You know, do you think he should sell the team? Because at the end yes, of the day, yes, I do. Okay, all right. No, I, I just think the guy tries really hard. I mean, you can say whatever you want, but he really wants to have a winning team. He just doesn't know what. Let, he's let doing. me let me interrupt you for a minute. Do you know of any owner in sports that doesn't want to have a winning team? Well, there are some owners, and Stephen A. Smith put out an article 
few years back that are okay with just having a subpar team, you know, like they're okay with it, but they are okay with it, but they want a winning team, but they're okay when they don't have a winning team. I mean, that that's for sure. Um, when you say the VEC works very hard, uh, that, that may be true, but he interferes to a point which is detrimental to the franchise. So if he's working very hard, uh, it can be counterproductive to the success of a franchise because he's not qualified to make certain decisions as it relates to the running of a basketball team. Does that make sense? Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Um, you know, you, that's why business owners, they hire people for certain. Skills. That's correct. So, yeah. So, so hopefully he's able to, you know, I mean, I would really like to see him win a championship here because he did help save the team, but I don't think that's going to be likely, but I think that he did have a home run with Mike Malone and, you know, you yeah, know, but he fired Michael Malone. I know. I know. But, right. But Grant, listening to you over the years, you said that was not him. That was the other guy. That was Well, town. that was Pete Delisandro who yeah. backstabbed Michael Malone. But the reality is Vivek could have said, no, I'm firing you and keeping Michael Malone. I mean, he's the owner. He could have done that. Again, uh, Vivek listens to all the wrong people. Uh, you know, when Chris Mullen was an advisor, that was a disaster. I mean, you know, the 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 draft picks have been a disaster. Uh, his interference. Uh, he thinks he knows more than the coach. I mean, he thinks he knows more than the general manager. He would be adamant and tell you that that's not true. Well, I'm just telling you that is true. And until he takes a different approach, I would say this, and I've been very open about this. And listen, there are a lot of stories that I know and that I could tell, but I, I'm not comfortable in doing so because right. I don't believe it just, I don't know. I, 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 it's hard for me to kind of put in the words why I feel the way I do about keeping certain things private within me. I just, I, I guess maybe it's ethical or I'm not really sure, but I will tell you that in my conversations with Vivek Ranadive, okay, I would agree with you that he wants to win badly and that it is very important to him and that he feels that he is putting his best foot forward to making that happen. In other words, if you were able to hook him up to a machine to get the absolute truth, you would find that he wants to win and wants the Sacramento Kings to be very successful. However, in my discussions with him, I find him to be as, I would say he's one of the least knowledgeable sports fans that I've ever talked to in my entire life. And I mean that I'm 62 years old and I've talked to a lot of people on the radio over the years. I've interacted with a lot of people on social media. And I would tell you that his knowledge of professional sports is as low. His understanding of the sport is as low as just about anybody that I've talked to. I would put it down in the in the in the low 5% range of everyone that I've ever talked to when it comes to his knowledge of sports. He thinks he knows everything, but he knows very little. He, he knows nothing about prep professional sports. He knows nothing about how professional sports is run. He knows nothing about building a team. He can't, he thinks you can build it. He thinks you can build an entire franchise on your laptop computer. He's all about analytics, analytics, analytics. He thinks you can put numbers into a computer and come right. out with a championship team. You can't do that. 
All right. Um, he thinks he, no, I'm just telling you, he's a, he, no, I, I he needs, he, need, yeah. he needs to take a step back and just understand that his, his knowledge is not up to par with what it takes to be a successful franchise. Now he might be successful off the court in his social justice initiatives and everything else. And you know what? That's fine and dandy, but that's not what the fans of Sacramento want. They don't want an owner to be a social justice, you know, hero. They want their owner to put a competitive team on the floor that they can be proud about, go to games and see a team in the playoffs. So they're not getting that. Not only are they not getting that, the team is getting worse and worse every year. They're not getting better. All right. Nobody looks at the Sacramento Kings and goes, oh, yeah, they're a lot better. They're not even going to win 30 games this year. I know. I know. And 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 with Joe, with I think Carl, that horrible season, they actually won 33 games. So, <laughs> Well, and then with Dave Yeager won 39 games, uh, and that's the most the Kings have won in a long, long time. But again, my, my opinion on Vivek, you are spot on. He does want to win. Uh, I think his heart is in the right place. Okay, I'm going to be I'm, – I'm always fair here. I always try to be objective and try to be fair. I've had numerous, 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 numerous conversations with the man. Do I think he wants to win more than anything in the world? Do I think he wants to build a winning team for Sacramento more than anything in the world? Do I think he's just in it to be in it? No, although I do believe he loves being around celebrities. I don't think I know. I mean, he gets off on being around celebrities. Like that really – that to him is, uh, you know, you know, a big, 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 big deal. But right. – Here's the tweet on March 8th from Marcus. Dear Vivek, please buy Chelsea Football Club. Please sell your stake in the Sacramento Kings. Please move to London. Please never come back to Sacramento. Sincerely, Sacramento. And I would tell you that if we ran a poll, I believe that over 95% of people would respond, yes, please sell the team and move. And if you could take a private poll among employees of the Sacramento Kings, I believe it would be higher than 95 percent it would be almost 100 percent i agree i really do trust me i mean yeah it's just it's just you know your heart is torn because he did help save the team and and that's yes he did some some loyalty comes into play you know so yes he did yes and, and listen even if he sells the team and leaves he should always be thanked and remembered for coming into Sacramento at a time of need. That should never be forgotten just because he's been a terrible owner. That never, that doesn't like disappear. You don't flush that down the toilet. That is always something that he should uh, have next to his name in a very positive way. And I, I acknowledge that as well. And I think it's great that you acknowledge that. Yeah. And, and last thing. So are you, did you just describe him as a Daryl Morey of basketball uh, NBA owner? Cause that's yes. what Daryl Morey. Okay. Yes. All right. Vivek is all about analytics. Vivek feels, in all honesty, he can sit in his office on his computer, okay, and put numbers into a laptop and come out with a basketball team. Well, obviously, that hasn't happened because the Kings analytics staff is of many people, and obviously their analytics don't add up to anything other than losses. Okay, so, you know, he should be living proof that analytics, and Daryl Morey as well, by the way, that analytics – does not win your championships. But in this case, at least Daryl Morey has made the playoffs in most years. Vivek can't even have a team that is even close to making the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if they if that had missed 26 three-pointers, um, three you know, um, Daryl Morey could have been in the NBA Finals. Yeah, so Daryl Morey has had more success, yeah. So. Well, he also has James Harden, who he's put 
he built his entire team around, and it was proven over and over again that you're not going to win with with James Harden on your team in big games. And who missed most of those three-pointers? It was James Harden. And that same thing's going to happen this year with Philadelphia when they make the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's sad because I think Joel Embiid is a superstar. I agree. Yeah, so, all right, well, thank you, Grant, as always. You have a great evening. Good call. Really appreciate that. Good stuff. Love hearing from him. Uh, and I would love hearing from you. And again, you know, I, it might sound like I'm bitter and I'm trashing Vivek. I'm not trashing the guy. I mean, I don't have to trash him. Others are doing it for me. Marcus Breton, who is, you know, the leading columnist of the Sacramento Bee and one of the most uh, influential media members in Sacramento, said it better than I could ever say it on a tweet a couple of weeks ago. I'm just telling you that I don't think that the Kings are ever and I mean ever, going to be successful with Vivek Ranadive as owner because I don't think his personality lends itself to stepping back and watching the people that he hires do their job. That's not who he is. He thinks he knows everything about everything. And the truth is he knows very little about everything when it comes to basketball. Very little. Very little. As a matter of fact, we would all be blown away at his lack of basketball knowledge. We used to all talk about it. Everyone used to talk about it. I mean, it wasn't a secret. Everyone knows it. All the members of the media in Sacramento know it too. Okay? You're Sam Amick. He knows it. Okay? Your other national writers know it. All right? All your local media members know it. Okay? Your local talk show host on radio know it. It's not a secret. Everyone knows it. Okay. And, but his desire and his will to win is very high. He wants to. Trust me. He's not just, he doesn't own the team just to own the team. And he does want to win. But he's, he, he is his own worst enemy, in my opinion, when it comes to winning. And again, I'm not going to go into other. I mean, I have tons of examples, all right? Believe me, there are a lot of things that I know that I keep within me. And I do it just because I feel, I just, today, I, I, I wouldn't feel right. I haven't felt right talking about those stories because I believe that when you are within an organization you know, you know everything that's going on. I knew everything that was going on within the walls of that organization. And not all of it is good. I mean, that's true of anything. That's true of your family, right? Your private home, your workplace. And you know, right? You know things about your family that no one else knows. Are you going to go out and broadcast that? No, you're not. You're going to protect your family. Even if you are, you know, you divorce from your family and move on. It, you know, mo some people don't. But, you know, I left the Kings. I resigned. I had 32 years there. Uh, I feel what happened to me is a travesty. I think most people understand and feel that what happened to me is a travesty. I still get messages on a daily basis from people that I know and don't know that tell me that. Uh, the national media understands that what happened to me is a travesty. I mean, I know what happened to me is a disgrace. It's a travesty. And I could be bitter. And I could go on and write a book, which I'm, by the way, I am, I have been approached about writing a book. And one of the reasons why I've been hesitant 
about saying yes is I have to reckon within myself what where do I draw the line with what I know as far as it goes to writing a book. And I, I, I have not been able to come to terms within my own body of where I would draw the line. So I have yet to agree to write a book in my years of the Sacramento Kings. You know, Jerry Reynolds wrote a book, Reynolds Remembers, and he had great stories. But other than one or two instances, you know, he didn't really, you know, he he was very adamant about Mitch Richmond in his book saying Mitch Richmond quit on the team at the end of his tenure in Sacramento. And I said the same thing because it's true. He did. Um, you know, but if I write a book, my personality, I, I have to figure out where I would draw the line of what I believe the public not only wants to know, but has a right to know. So I don't know if I'm ever going to write a book. You know, I've been approached. I've been talking with one individual in particular, and we talk about once a month. He says, where are you at? And I tell him the same thing. I'm like, "Ah, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Hey, if you want to get in on the program, uh, raise your hand. Hit your hand icon, uh, and we will do it, all right? Uh, I'm not really sure if the Kings are going to win 30 games this year. I figure if they win, you know, without Sabonis, um, you know, I don't know what they're planning on doing with Fox. You saw how good Mitchell looked at the point against Phoenix. You know, when you look at their remaining games – All right, so let's just – let's try to have fun with this. It's too bad that Sabonis is not going back to Indiana for the next game. That that is a shame. So you're going to lose to Indiana, Orlando a toss-up, lose to Miami, win at least one of the two games against Houston, lose at home to Golden State, lose at home to New Orleans, lose to L.A., and if Phoenix doesn't have anything to play for, I'll say you'll win that game. So I see on the schedule maybe, maybe four wins. All right? Maybe four wins. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, And, you know, you probably win a game that you shouldn't win, and you probably lose a game against Houston that you didn't think you were going to lose. That would put the Kings at 29 wins for the year. 
By the way, the Lakers are beating Cleveland right now. That would be a huge win for them, 108-99. to uh, The Nets lead the Jazz 62-54. to Wizards with a big lead on the Rockets by 20 in the second quarter. Heat and Sixers are playing in Philly, 62-59. Uh, three minutes gone by in the third. Now Philly's taking the lead, 65-64. Bulls and Raptors tied at 49. Uh, T-Wolves and Mavericks uh, coming up in just a little bit. So that's your uh, NBA schedule. Again, the Kings will leave for Indiana tomorrow, and they will start uh, that five-game road trip. Uh, Portland is trying to keep their slim, 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 slim hopes alive. Uh, They are in Motown, and uh, they are currently beating the uh, Pistons 92-77. to Let's look up uh, Marvin Bagley here. Bagley in this game has 11 points, 8 rebounds, 26 minutes, Four of seven from the floor, all of one line, three of three from the foul line. Always like to update uh, the Kings that were moved at the deadline. You know, we talked about Halliburton. We talk about Buddy Heald and uh, also like to follow uh, Marvin Bagley. You know, and again, I think Marvin needed to change the scenery as much as the Kings needed him out of Sacramento. Right. I mean, I think it, it, it worked out very well. And for the most part. You know, for the most part, he's played very well. He only played 14 minutes in the last game against Cleveland, but he's played uh, before that 32, 30, 32, and 34 minutes in the previous four games and had double-doubles in two of the games, 20 and 11 against Orlando, 20 and 11 at Boston, and then 13 and 6, 15 and 8 against the Clippers. So, you know, uh, the guy is playing okay, right? You know, he, he's in a situation where he needs a contract at the end of this year. And we'll see whether it works in Detroit or not uh, for Marvin. You know, uh, we'll, we, we shall see. All right. Again, if you want to uh, get in on the program before we uh, say so long for the day, just raise your hand. Hit your hand icon. How are those brackets looking? How are those brackets looking? Probably not very good, right? If they are good for you, man. If they are good for you, I'm impressed. With St. Peter's making it to uh, the Sweet 16. I can't imagine anybody having that. Richard, how are you today, sir? Richard, you're on with Grant. Go ahead. Richard? Going once? Yes, can you hear me now? There you go. Yeah, Richard, go right ahead. Right. How are you today? All right. Hey, we got we got a better you – know, last time I talked to you, I was in Phuket. <laughs> and I'm back oh, in San, yeah. Yeah, I'm back in San Diego now. <laughs> uh, man, I got to tell you, are you in morning? Uh, San Diego is a pretty good place to go from vacation, but it's not Phuket. Yeah. Are you in? Are, no. There's nothing like Thailand. I love Thailand. Are you in no. morning a little bit? Uh, well, no, no, because you know what? I mean, Thailand, we did three weeks there and it was all beautiful. But trying to get back home was a pain in the you know what? <laughs> really? What, what What was your route? What was your route? Well, How did you well, go? Well, we were supposed to go from Bangkok to Tokyo I just lost you. Hold on a sec. So I just lost you. All right. So you were supposed to go to Bangkok to Tokyo. Were you on Japan Airlines? Yes. Okay. And then you were going from Tokyo to what? LA? Yeah. No, to San Diego. And then, uh, oh, to, but, oh, you go not uh, Japan Airlines goes nonstop to San Diego. I didn't know that. Yeah, but but then it got canceled. The second arm. So we oh, had boy. To, we had to go back to route to plan plan A, and so we end up going to Seoul. And then we had to take Seoul to uh, to uh, uh, LAX, 
Oh, and boy. Yeah, then we took the train home last night. So we were about a day late. And we were supposed to get home Saturday. We didn't get home till last night. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I'm, at least you at least you made it. And we made it Thailand is... Yeah. Thailand's one of my favorite countries on the planet. Thailand yeah. and Switzerland are my two favorite countries. I love Thailand. I love the people. Oh I love, my God. Uh, they're they're the most gracious people on the planet. Yes. I swear to God. They are the they, most gracious people. Thailand's great. And yeah. Uh, what was your favorite part of the trip? Well, I'd have to say that it was in Phuket. Because we, we yep. had a place we were play, we had a place right on the water and we did the Man, you keep on cutting out on me, and it's a bummer because I really want to hear Sorry, about your trip. Hold on a sec. We there? Yep. Okay. Now we got okay, it. Sorry, yep. man. I I have no control over this. I'm trying, but uh, anyway, no. But Phuket was the best. I mean, they were all awesome. Chiang Mai was awesome. Our host, we had Airbnbs at at two different, you know, stays, and and everybody was awesome. But uh, yeah, so it was great. And I've been listening to most of your program today. And, you know, I, I, I'm a native Sacramentan. Okay. I, I, and, but mm -hmm. I left, I left when I graduated in high school in 73, I came back in 88 after Sacramento had been, you know, Kings have been in town for three years and I worked for Chevy's. I opened up Chevy's on the river in 1988. Wow. Yeah. 1988. And had players come. So you through. probably saw me down there. You probably Hell saw me yeah. down there. I was down at Chevy's on the River all the time during yeah. that era. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I I opened up that store in 1988. I was the first person hired, actually. <laughs> wow. And, and wow. then I ended up. I I got a job as a manager, and I, I worked for Chevy's for five years. And we went to a lot of Kings games, and uh, you know, and so I was at. Uh, I worked for a, a company that had season tickets, True Green. Uh, when when the Kings were in their heyday, I went I went mm -hmm. to I had the the playoff you know the whole playoff to all the play I bought the whole playoffs you know round when we went to the Western Conference Finals and it, you know it tore out my heart man you know yeah and so yep. so you know I just want to let you know kind of where I'm coming from so I've been I've been through man we keep on losing you Richard it's so frustrating yeah, I'm sorry you're you got a great there we go. Uh, just try to try to finish your thought, and then I'll put you back in the audience, okay. and we I'll discuss it off the air. But okay. go ahead, finish okay. your thought. Awesome. So so anyway, but but I I bottom line, I I just I, I you know you were talking about how the t t the Kings are getting worse and worse and worse, but I've been watching yep. you know whether I'm out of the country or in the country, you know I've been watching almost every game, and I feel that I feel that they've got they're getting there, you know they got some talent, and. You know, and I'm kind of concerned about Sabonis with the knee. I don't know if you've heard any information yet on that. But yeah, he's he, he, he's he's it's bruised, no structural damage, so don't no okay. no concern. Okay, awesome. So so all you know, I want them to lose right now every game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I want yep. I want to yep. get a good pick going in next year. You know, so I you know and, yep. and I'm with you. every every I've been reading all the articles and there's all oh yeah you know report came out you know the refs made a bad call this game that game last three games you know and I'm like yeah the refs are on our side they want us to see a good a good pick you know so <laughs> so that's what I'm, I'm yep. like yeah yeah go refs you know keep making us lose <laughs> you know let's that's do funny. it that's funny that's funny yeah so that's where I'm at man I I, I like let's the refs are helping us tank. You know, we can't take it around this, you know, because no teams like to lose. Let's just get it straight, right? 
because if you're yep. a competitor, you don't like to lose. And, and <laughs> you know, and by the way, I covered Bill Cartwright in high school <laughs> in Sacramento. How about that? Wow. Yeah, he was the first man Bill. that made, he made, he's the first man that ever made me feel short. I'm 6'5", and he was 16 Yeah, and no, half Bill could do that. At Elk Grove High School. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, well, I gave him lots of my elbows. So anyway, Love Bill. I'll, what a great guy. Well, listen, Richard, I really appreciate you. Uh, I, you dropped off again. I'm going to put you back in the audience, but I really appreciate that. I'm glad you got home safely, even though it took you an extra day. But, uh, man, I'm really happy that you went to Phuket and Thailand and Chiang Mai. And Chiang Mai is the one area I haven't been to that I want to go to. But uh, I'll get there on my next trip to Thailand. All right. Uh, thank you. Really good show today. Really appreciate it. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, tomorrow, again, uh, I'm going to do 5 o'clock. So 5 o'clock Pacific tomorrow. All right. Spread the word. Thank you so much. Stay safe. And thanks for listening to Listen Apps. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.